0: Welcome back to the Parbar Podcast. This is episode number seven. And the title of this podcast episode is a little bit longer. What God chooses to remember about you will prove decisive. In thinking about this in Hebrews chapter eight, when Paul is writing concerning the new covenant, he quotes these words from the Old Testament. He says, for, uh, speaking, God speaking, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now, what God chooses to remember about you will prove decisive. We often are consumed with the spiraling trap of wondering and caring what other people think about us. And in some regard, it is actually very beneficial to care what someone thinks of you, depending on who that someone is, because it can bring to your attention some aspects of your life and character that need to change. You know, if you are prone to over-the-top sarcasm used in every conversation, and your wife says to you, Hey Han, have you ever noticed how you talk to people? It's not very appealing. Well, you should listen to her. But most of the time, we are concerned about what could be the potential thoughts that other people might have about us. And this can be paralyzing, or at least it can keep you up at night. You know, if I ask the church to baptize my children, my extended family will pretty much disown us. If I give up my career to be a wife and a mother, my family and friends will think I'm crazy. Pastors often have the thought that if I, I call out a particular sin from the pulpit, I know it will cause a stir in the congregation. Or if we homeschool our kids, people will think we are part of a cult. The list goes on and on, of course, but this is where we need to let go of the fear of man, even the fear of your own family, for the sake of pleasing God. At the end of the day, if our decisions are pleasing to God because they are in accord with his word, then the opinions of those around you should roll off your back. You may have upset Uncle Joe, but your father in heaven is pleased. And it is God's view of you, God's opinion of you, that will prove decisive for your future. This will become more important for us as Christians to understand as the hostility of the culture comes against the church. When we refuse to bend the knee to wokeism or critical race theory or to Black Lives Matter or to this new, not new, form of communism or any other form of destructive humanism, we will be accused of being the ones who are the haters. We will be accused of not loving our neighbor we will be the ones who are accused of all the problems in the world as though they were our fault. But even if we end up in chains for the sake of Christ, we can have peace knowing that our Father in heaven is pleased. Now this goes in another direction as well. What God chooses to remember about you will prove decisive. If you have confessed your sins, you need to live like it. When the scriptures say that you are forgiven, if you confess your sins because Jesus died as a sacrificial payment for those sins, and you act like he didn't, you are dishonoring his gift to you. Notice how I phrased the title of this. What God chooses to remember about you will prove decisive. God does not erase our sins, after all. Our sins can still have consequences that follow us our whole life but God chooses not to remember them against you. If Christ's blood has been the atonement of those sins of your past, then God chooses not to hold them against you any longer. This again is important for our sake as we grow in the maturity of faith to believe what God says about us rather than what we think about ourselves. Think about this in the context of raising children. When your child disobeys and they go through the process of forgiveness and restoration, you as their parent no longer hold that sin against them, or you shouldn't. The child is restored to the family fully, and you as mom or dad must act like it, because you want them to act like it too. And more often than not, the child will sulk and slump and mope around. But this is a wonderful opportunity as a parent to teach your child the goodness and reality of real forgiveness. Forgiveness leads to full restoration. If a child seeks forgiveness from you and you extend that forgiveness, you cannot go on acting like they're not forgiven. If you hold your child's disobedience against them, even after you've said they've been restored, you're not acting like God the Father. After all, we are meant to forgive others as we have been forgiven. Forgiveness and restoration should always lead to joy, and if that's not happening in our homes with our children, it will be very difficult for them to associate the goodness of God's forgiveness in their life as they grow up. This will be important for us as Christians to embrace unashamedly as the days go by. When the leftist mob begins to come against Christians, dredging up the past of this pastor or that author or that church member, and they begin to hold the sins of the people against our brothers and sisters, we should not give in. We should not condemn our baptized family when the world does. Because unlike the world, we are the ones who believe forgiveness is possible and real. Here's an example. Let's say a Christian brother in your church is running for political office. And part of his campaign is to promise to hold to the biblical principles and to advocate for the monogamous marriage between one man and one woman. And someone, someone finds out that he committed the sin of adultery 20 years ago. And his opponents are labeling him as a hypocrite. And they want to drag him down Main Street with tar and feathers and noose at the end of the block. How can a man who's done such a thing promote and advocate for monogamous marriage? What does the church do? What do you do, Christian? Do you support that man? Does your church support this man? Well, we better. Because God does. His sins have been forgiven because Christ died for them. And God does not condemn him for those sins, so why would we? We have to believe that the gospel is real, because it is. If we turn on our brothers and sisters in the church and act like they are not forgiven, but remain guilty of those sins, we are acting like the devil himself, who is nothing but an accuser. What God chooses to remember about you will prove decisive. And what God chooses to remember about his sons and his daughters should prove decisive for us as well. We are Christians. We believe the reality of forgiveness. God forgives us, and he acts like it. We should, too. (laughs)